0: Presumably, uh, at least one of these quarterbacks will be better than that.
1: So, hello, and welcome to All Four Courtage, your one-stop shop for news, views, and overreactions to all things NFL. It's the AFC North preview. Uh, it's all young comers and, uh, I suppose, old dynasties. So hey, we got uh, Connor here. We've got Sean.
0: Hello.
1: And we've got Ronan. Hello. How are we guys? Uh, any crack with yourselves? In the uh, the week that we've so since the, week, we the week the week between month. we've been recording these episodes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was Absolutely I was amazed that they has happened I was amazed that they solved monkeypox so quickly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can you believe all those news stories? What a shock when that thing happened that I wasn't expecting to happen. Yeah, was it mad?
2: No. Like the, the the stuff has happened, but what's most important, Connor, is that we're going to start today's preview with the Bengals. and so this is your chance to take a little victory lap because you've been the the Bengals stand on this podcast for multiple years, and now you get to talk about how they're going to go all the way next year uh, after showing how great you, how right you've been all along.
1: Oh yeah, no, they were they were very good. Um, yeah, so this week's going to be our, our AFC North preview. Uh, so we'll go through them uh, one by one. We'll kick off with the Bengals. Um, additions offensive line uh, they've added Lyle Collins Alex Kappa, Ted Caracas uh, tight end Hayden Hurst Cordell Volson and tight end Nick Eubanks uh, defensive backs they've added uh, Daxton Hill Cam Taylor-Britt, uh, Tyson Anderson, and on the defensive line, Zach Carter and uh, Jeff Gunter. Uh, they lost C.J. Ozama, who, as we mentioned, is, we mentioned him in the last podcast where he landed. Uh, they lost Riley Reef, Quentin Spain, Fred Johnson, Trey Hopkins, Auden Tate, um, Vernon Hargraves, Trey Waynes, Ricardo Allen, Larry Joby and Jordan Evans. Um, so, yeah, look, last year was a great year for the Bengals they made it all the way to the Super Bowl um they kind of balls it up a bit there at the back end of it but uh look it was it was it was it was a great ride to get there uh, very exciting games very uh, what was what was annoying and also entertaining was the maddening inconsistency of this team throughout its uh it's campaign last year even in game they just have you know quarters even halves where they weren't there and then we just turned it on for a bit so it was it was quite exciting um they've kind of finally did what we were hoping they'd do last year which is build an offensive line to try and protect burrow he was very very harassed throughout last year now lyle collins coming in alex kappa take Caracas, as we mentioned quarter of olsen the rookie this is going to be I would like I would say a much improved line there is there is, you know questions when you have that many moving pieces coming in whether or not that's going to be you know whether they're going to gel effectively but when you think about the performance that they've you know been getting out of that line now it, was, it wasn't as bad last year but it was still not good um, it should give Burrow a bit more of a chance to sit in the pocket let him dissect a bit because he was happy to throw it so 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 quickly uh, even the closing sessions of the super bowl it was you know Aaron Donald coming through on the on the big hit and then standing up and pointing to the ring finger like they needed uh, some support there so that will hopefully help but i would wonder about whether or not they gel quick enough uh, so it might be a, it might be a, a, a slow early start for them um, they've got a couple of rookies in place who so they're going to be looking to make some impact uh, particularly they've got uh, the uh, defensive backfield coming in. So, this is a lot of turnover, not dissimilar to when we were saying in the. the the Pats team of a lot of kind of names that you'd recognise gone the difference here is that these players were mostly shite uh, for the Bengals over recent years Uh, so they're bringing in a good couple of Daxon Hill Cam Taylor Britt Tyson Anderson we mentioned they're all coming in so again it's a question of how quickly can they get up to speed we've seen the last couple of years the college game has had wide receivers transitioning much quicker into the NFL and coming in uh, NFL ready this team being a good example of that Uh, defensive backs it's been a lot more up and down on that it normally takes a bit of time to acclimatize the NFL speed so whether or not that'll be able to to, to, to gel in time for the season is a question um and now finally like when you're looking at this team we said it for the uh for the bills last week was it is it super bowl or bust for this team i think the difference is the bengals are a little bit earlier on in the cycle than the bills are i don't think them not getting there would be as big uh, a thing as it would be for, for for the bills to miss out again like are the bengals one of the top teams in the afc it's a ridiculously stacked division uh or not even division conference so it's 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 hard to tell because you've got you know bill's you've got the, the the chiefs you've got lots of people up there but these guys did knock most of them off you know um I think I think the problem is this feels like it feels like this should be a very exciting offense, but it should also probably be a transitionary year for the Bengals, that this is them betting in, not unlike the discussion we had about the Patriots last time, they're betting in the offensive line that they're hoping is going to protect their franchise guy. They're betting in a new defensive backfield to try and be young and grow with the team. It feels like there could be growing pains here. I still have them getting into the playoffs. I still have them doing well, but like, I, I'm, I don't see this as a team that would, unless everything gels very quickly, I don't see it being a team that's contending for a Super Bowl this year.
2: I, I think yeah, it, no. It, oh, sorry, go ahead, Sean.
0: Yeah, no, I would tend to agree with that. I, th- I think there is was an element of that kind of a team does a run kind of thing, a kind of a combination of luck and momentum and confidence and, and all the kind of things coming together that brought them that way. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be very hard for the Bengals even to just win their division. It's a very tough division there in. There are at least two other very strong teams in that division. You could argue that all three of the other teams are uh, have the ability to win that division. Um, Burrow, obviously the Burrow-Chase thing is going to be a, a year uh, advanced, the the team's got some good parts um, on the offensive line and also kind of on the defensive side. This this offensive line, how long it takes to, to gel in is going to be a question. They don't really have the problem is they don't really have time to bet in. They There are no easy games on the on the Bengals' um, schedule. Um, it's yeah it's one of those things where I I, I, I can see them being a wildcard team I can see them being a team because of the Burrow chase thing and because um, of, of the kind of the, some of the stars they have on the defensive end that they're going to get some wins and they are going to take some they could really call them scalps anymore but they are going to take down some, uh, some teams who might be uh, high, more highly regarded but I just don't think they're consistent enough and I don't think they even were consistent enough last season they got away by winning the division because basically because the, the Ravens had an injury crisis and the Browns had a meltdown and the Steelers had had Ben Roethlisberger. I mean it was it was a situation where all the other contenders in, in the north kind of fell away and the Bengals were the only one that survived. I think they only won ten games last year, I think, to to win that division, which is uh, you know, it's a kind of situation where I mean there were ten tough wins, but the ten wins uh, nonetheless. So it's kinda of hard to see that being replicated. Um and also, I mean, they did re sign Eli Apple, which is which is the number one sign that your your, <laughs> you know, your season's going to be a disaster. I mean I know they drafted a lot of guys in the position to replace him, but come on, I mean, seriously. We all if saw they did, his deficiencies. If they didn't
2: re-sign Eli Apple, Sean would have given them like two extra wins. That's <laughs> yeah, I, think I, I, I do get
0: that feel from <laughs> like the They were 17-0, you know, seven, yeah. they were guaranteed to, to, to run the table, and then, and then they re- went and re-signed him, yeah.
2: Like uh, this feels yeah. like one of those teams like Brett Favre's Green Bay Packers or Peyton Manning's Colts where... It's a QB run organization, just not not like just to a level that is beyond just like a Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid being a great coaching pair, or Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, um, or even uh, McDermott and Allen. This is a this is a QB organization. Joe Burrow is single handedly pulling this.
1: This well, is the thing we, we didn't even discuss it like we still don't know if Zach Taylor's good like we don't really know anything well like
2: it it doesn't matter if your quarterback is good enough like Peyton Manning got his ring like he probably could have got more rings if he'd had Bill Belichick but he got his ring and he got to the playoffs every year because sometimes their quarterback is just that good and they just have the the right vibe to be that natural leader there and that's the best uh, and probably the worst thing about this organisation because only uh, like a Joe Burbing in charge organisation would allow him to get like sacked 70 times and then in the off, like this off seasons comments like well that's not that big a deal because like third down sacks where you don't give up a field goal aren't actually a big deal so I'd rather just like stay there get hit and have that chance of making that big play Fuck my knees basically like it's that <laughs> kind of attitude which is incredibly infectious and incredibly hard not to like um yeah. and which makes me go even though there's like logical reasons why this team like as you guys pointed out like they have eli apple and the, the defensive backfield probably isn't a good and i think losing our larry and Joby might be a little bit underrated in terms of how this defense might take a step back um and they're not that they don't have that many great names on defense anyway but Joe Burrow, him alone, is one of those guys that just goes feels like a playoff level quarterback, and he doesn't need to have a great coach to do it. He just does it themselves. And I think the big question for them this year is just if they have a good offensive line, or even just an average offensive line. Mm. If they don't have an Isaiah, Isaiah Prince level mm. offensive line, basically, um, and who doesn't get beat immediately by by uh, Aaron Donald, then that means that Joe Burrow will get uh, hit less, and that means that guys like uh, you know T Higgins and Jamar Chase are going to be open. Uh, as often as they were last year but now with even more chances for them to get hit by Joe Burrow because that gunslinging attitude that way of doing things and having a guy like Hayden Hurst who isn't a step backwards to you as a kind of as a safety blanket I think Look, it, it is inconsistent. He gets sacked so many times. There's so many plays that look so ugly for this team because it just feels like Zach Taylor is definitely not Sean McVay. But Joe Burrow makes it work. He pulls the team together and he makes them a genuine force in the AFC. The only problem is is the AFC is so goddamn stacked that even despite that, I, I struggle to get to uh, get them beyond like say the divisional round. But don't don't count them out. As long as Joe Burrow's there, I think they are a genuine Super Bowl contender. It's just he'd be, yeah. he'd be a lot better if he had like Andy Reid or someone uh, in, in beside him rather than Zach Taylor probably. Uh, this
1: this could be the year that we find out who who the head coach really is. Uh, because yeah,
2: we know who the head coach really is. Don't, do we no, no though? Do we like it's Joe like, Burrow? It's Joe Burrow.
1: Yeah, but it's, but it's like I don't. No, really have, I have no idea at all. Like it's just an unknown quantity to me. What oh, you mean
2: if he's if he's a good coach? Well, yeah. that doesn't matter because Joe yeah. Burrow. no, I him, see. The thing the is, I, I
0: think I think the Bengals did benefit from being a little bit of a surprise package this year. Teams are going to be coming. Teams are going to have plans for how to beat them. They're going to be like, this is how we get to Burrow. This is how we stop Chase, et cetera, et cetera. And that requires coaches to react you're going to get into a chess match and I just don't know if you want Zach Taylor in your corner when you're getting into a chess match
1: yeah I will say the, the the playoff games. They were the team that adjusted in the playoff games, and that's why they got to the Super Bowl. Like the Chiefs didn't adjust against them, they adjust against the Chiefs, and so on. So we'll, we'll 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 see. Again, we don't know if that was the head coach or the quarterback. Uh, I I I could I could hazard a guess what Ronan thinks, given what he's been shouting throughout this session. I I
2: I like both. You guys were like, look, here's the downside stuff like that, and but we all have been going to the playoffs. Like eleven and six for me, you and. Connor and me. Uh, and 10, and Ten and seven,
1: 7
2: for, for Sean. Yeah. So we all have been going to the playoffs. We're all excited about it. I just kind of felt I need to give a little bit of a counterpoint to you two, just because I feel like you know Joe Burrow is it's worth the price of admission. Gives them a chance, and just that it's just a it's one of those things that you don't it only comes like once in a generation type of thing. These guys just take over the team and become the team, and everyone else is just along for the ride. And it's yeah, just, it's always fun to see, and especially with a guy Joe Burrow, who just, just as the has that attitude that's hard to dislike?
1: Yeah, uh, I'll also I'll also note just I'm the only one of us who has them winning the division. You have them at those scores, and you have them uh, taking a, a, a wild card slot. Um,
2: Eleven and six, though. Like I'm not exactly. Sure. No, I
1: know, I know. But I, no, I'm just I'm just saying that like that's how competitive you guys are seeing this division as yeah. as, as as being. Uh, next up we have everyone's favorite underdog, the Browns. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've never seen a team so immediately and comprehensively just fuck any goodwill they had out the window. Um, That's
2: a poor phrasing, and we aren't calling it Connor.
1: It is. It is. Uh, on, on reflection, <laughs> it is. Uh, but yeah, the I'm Browns.
2: Really, really
1: hard to joke about this but i'm like it's like this is like <laughs> phrasing but anyway yeah uh, uh so yeah so ronan ronan we're gonna talk to you like you drew the short straw on this one you got the brown. um so they have added quarterback deshaun watson we'll have to we'll have to edit in some like boo sound effects right the brown section and jacoby Brissett. i could just boo non-stop yeah, just in the background they'll do the job um <laughs> they've also then on offense added amari cooper ethan uh P- posick is that it
2: Po-chick.
1: Pochick Um Jakeem Grant David Bell Mike Woods Jerome Ford uh, on the defensive side uh, Tavon Bryan Chase Winovich uh, Stephen Weatherly Martin Emerson Alex Wright uh, Perry and Winfrey uh, and I just said they maintained a couple of other players like ginormously overpaying their tight end um, they lost Baker Mayfield we think like he's definitely not starting <laughs> although there is going to definitely be a couple of games where they're not going to have Deshaun Watson so like could they keep him for that long I don't know they also lost chase daniels and nick mullins my god what a awful quarterback room they had um jay also lost jc Treder, jarvis landry austin hooper andy janovich rashad higgins tack mckinley malik jackson uh malik jackson troy hill mj stewart mac wilson malcolm smith and malik mcdowell so uh it's around here that i will start to like start putting in the boo sound effects underneath um i presume deshaun watson's gonna play He, I think, oversaw like a four-win season the last time he was playing. Hasn't played in a year and a bit. Um, Can he turn this around, Uh, Ronan?
2: Yeah, I suppose just just to reiterate, we've talked about Deshaun Watson and the the saga. And I believe he picked up an additional lawsuit over last week as well. Um, So that's going well. Uh, but just to say that the the, the fact that Deshaun Watson was with the Browns and the entire scenario they did with the giving away all those trade resources and giving a fully voluntary contract is is abominable and something that uh, I hate. Uh, but if we need to talk about the Browns and how they're going to do in 2022, obviously a huge amount of that hinges on the. If a suspension happens, because due to the legal situation, the NFL typically likes to wait for all the legal situation to be fully resolved before giving out um, its own punishments. But that situation with the civil lawsuits is a long-running saga, and so the probability that it's done within any reasonable time frame is... Uncertain, So there's a chance he could play this entire year and then get a suspension next year. That's a plausible scenario. But let's assume that he's going to be suspended uh, this year and it could be anywhere between probably six to the entire season, six games to the entire season. And obviously that is a huge influence on where this team is likely to finish because Jacoby Brissett, We've seen enough of Jacoby Brissett as a starter, and he is not a starting-level quarterback. He is a very slow, poor-anticipation quarterback, and that's just killer in in the NFL. And this is not an offensive roster that, outside the running-back tandem, who obviously can carry the offense to some extent, is is that particularly exciting. The offensive line is still solid, though I would say it's probably taking a step back. Like Obviously, they chose to get rid of J. C. Trenner. I'm not quite sure why. Um, and they're going with Nick Harris or Ethan Pochick, probably, or perhaps the, the rookie, Dawson uh, Deaton. But it's not quite where you would like it to be uh, compared to that. And a wide receiver, like, yes, they brought in Amari Cooper, but he's a, 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 an older wide receiver at this point of his career Uh, has been somewhat up and down depending on the scenario he's been in. He he looked really good for Dallas, but you know, his, his later years in Vegas, when that was, he was a one pony show, he wasn't as effective. Um, you know, he'd probably get a thousand yards, but if he's going to be the only guy outside of like, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones or David Bell, the rookie, or Anthony Schwartz, then he's going to do a lot more, or maybe David and Njoku might step up, though based on what we said in the last podcast, I don't think there's much belief in that in this podcast. Um, Yeah, it's just a lot of uncertainty And on the defense, you're expecting someone like Taven Bryan to come in be and be a, be a factor, even though he's pretty much was a bust well uh, basically a bust for um jacksonville um as a first round pick um so yeah like it's, it's a solid roster like this is a roster that probably should finish in like the middle of the pack um but whether they can burst through and become a playoff type team basically depends on whether deshaun watson how long he's playing like deshaun watson it's been two three years god it's been a long time since he's been on a football field and actually playing this level there's going to be some diminishment in his abilities you would imagine until he gets back up to speed so if you add in suspension takes time to get going this does feel like a season where yeah i I think they're the the roster's solid enough that i don't see them collapsing but it doesn't feel like a a team that's like primed to like go on a super bowl run this year or even perhaps even make the playoffs considering how strong the, the rest of the division is um so it's a team that i feel questionable about both on a moral level and in terms of their actual footballing ability it doesn't feel like the kind of you know strong at every position except for baker mayfield from two years ago it feels like a slightly weaker less deep team than it was back then um but with a potential huge upgrade at the quarterback position in terms of playing uh style and actual ability but uh yeah, like, they, they, they've made the long-term investment, obviously, with the contract they give and the fully guaranteed nature of it. Um, so they're obviously in here for the long run. But this year, yeah, it might be a lot of Jacoby Brissett. It might be a lot of uh, questionable play and a lot of time waiting for Mari Cooper to show is he or isn't he a good player, Um and yeah. maybe maybe David and Joe could have been okay but yeah like look there, there's exciting players on both sides of the ball like on the defense I, I haven't even talked about Miles Garrett uh, JOK um, you know they got Greg Newsom and Denzel Ward at quarterback like, the, the defense is good um, but just not not that kind of blow you away this could carry the entire team Good, um, that they might need in those that the, whatever light, like the period it is that either takes Sean Watson to be come back from suspension or just to get back up to speed with being an NFL quarterback
1: yeah and this is like this is a team that needs weapons like it's still got a probably the best running back tandem uh, in the league but it's you know like you said they picked up Cooper who's he, he, he's definitely a WR1, but I think he's at the bottom end of a WR1, given he's now in his third team in four years or whatever. Um, but, he's, he, but he's good. Like, Donovan Peoples-Jones, random rookie like Blake Bell, or like, as I, I said, like David Njoku, you're good for 350 yards and three touchdowns a year, tight end that's worth 20 million a year or whatever. Like, they need some weapons, particularly with what they're investing in, the in the quarterback position money-wise this is a spot where they need to bring in and like look is it i think will fuller's still out there isn't he and there's yeah like i know like, like, if you if you want a really bizarre one bring back obj now because his problem was with um baker mayfield right that's what his dad was tweeting about but um yeah, yeah think, like this is this is this is a team that needs uh that needs help uh and like I said, I I I don't know how you guys did your estimation. From him. I kind of went that I think that he's going to have a six-week suspension.
2: Yeah, and like like they're in a weird situation in terms of the cap, right? Because I talked about this the last podcast, but just like the cap numbers for Deshaun Watson after this year are ridiculous. So it's likely that they're under like they have plenty of cap space if they want to sign at Will Fuller. And they wouldn't cost that much anyway, and or sign another um, like linebacker or defensive lineman or whatever, but. Um, they're probably trying like there's a minimum amount you have to pay and they're above that, but they're probably trying to keep as much cash space this year so they can roll it into next year. Um so unless, you know, these guys, I don't think they're a team that's gonna like just like uh, troll all away. I think like it's also that also comes into the Baker Mayfield thing, where obviously the all the old reports are suggesting that teams like the Panthers are asking the brands to basically eat his whole contract more or less, except for a couple of million, to take 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 them off their yeah. hands. Um and that's obviously a scenario like this is just a story that's Extra depressing now because the Baker Mayfield having sticking around and you know what are they going to do with him thing is just just annoying and depressing. They um, coming, but he like that, like
1: they're yeah. not going to trade him to the Panthers because the Panthers play the Browns in Week One, right?
2: Yeah, well, that also maybe you trade him <laughs> in Week Two. Like, i yeah. like it's it, it's. Can you can can, just, can can, can yeah. you put
1: a no play clause in a contract? Like, we'll trade him to you, but you can't play him in Week One.
2: Like I'm, 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 I'm done with the tragedy. Maybe I'm ready to move on to the farce of the Baker Mayfield one mm. thing, and uh, yeah. But like, look, this is a team. There's so many with the quarterback situation. It's so uncertain that our our estimate of what they're going to do here early in June is could be you know 90 miles off by the time we get to you know the end of the season in, in January. No,
1: hundred percent. Like we're yeah. we're we we're we're, we're we're bunched yeah. in our estimations. You've got them winning eight games, Sean's got them winning nine games, I got them winning ten games. And you yeah, saw the Whisker
2: this... plot and the interval very wide.
1: I've got them sneaking into the playoffs, which I will I will say frankly, I I don't think the uh, I don't think the NFL really want them in the playoffs. Like if, if you look at the scheduling, if I remember correctly, the Browns don't really have any prime time. Coverage after like six or seven weeks, so anything that would be prime time coverage is probably pre-Watson coming back from suspension.
2: And, and yet, despite that, they've they've front loaded the like the front front part of their schedule is actually pretty soft. They're playing like like the Falcons and teams like that, mm. but the back end of their schedule is really difficult. So yeah,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. i Did notice that as well. um Like I, I I presume that the NFL aren't stupid enough to have actually done that intentionally.
2: Probably not. Like, there's a whole operational research thing that this all works through, but uh, still, it's just so unfortunate. Everything about this is unfortunate, and that's the best word. Like, that's the highest, least uh, awful word for it. Mm. Uh, yeah. Mm. Toxic. That's
1: I'm ready to move on. To <laughs> yeah, let's let's move on. Uh, next up, we have the Ravens. Uh, so Sean's going to take us through the Ravens. I'll give you the ins and outs. So on the defensive side. Uh, They've brought in Marcus Williams at safety, Kyle Hamilton, uh, Kyle Fuller, Jalen Armour-Davis and Damarian Davis. Offensive line, uh, Morgan Moses, Tinder Lindenbaum, Daniel uh, (laughs) Falele, is that right? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Falele. Falele. Charlie Kohler uh, and Isaiah Linkley, the tight end and defensive line, they brought in Michael Pierce, uh, David Ajabo, uh, Travis Jones, and Brent Urban Uh, on the outs. uh, Boy, they have a lot of outs, but it's also, it's again, it's one of those ones where none of these are massive standout names. Marquise Brown, who we discussed, went out in the trade. off the offense, they've also lost Bradley Bozeman, their center; Sammy Watkins, wide receiver; Miles Boykin, wide receiver; and uh, Andrew Villanueva, on the offensive line. And Latavius Murray—that's where Latavius Murray was. Oh yeah, um, defensive line and linebackers have lost Brandon Williams, Justin Ellis, Justin Houston, Pernell McPhee, L.J. Ford, Alan Crawford, Chris Board, and from their backfield. Uh, to sean elliott Tavon young jimmy smith uh, anthony avery anthony levine and chris westry um so yeah this is an interesting one for them sean maybe a bit of underperformance last year but they were absolutely destroyed by by uh injuries throughout it this is a contract year for for um for lamar wow. but it's also got that kind of thing of like you know, does he want the contract? Does he want a, a Kirk Cousins style kind of rolling, huge, guaranteed one year kind of spot? Like it's a it's a very, it's a very on a precipice kind of moment for this Ravens team, who have been good, but you know, sometimes sometimes fall short. Do you think they've gotten the right personnel in here? Because there's there's a lot of turnover on this team.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you say on a precipice. I say exciting. I, I, I think if I can get into the mind of John Harbaugh, he's very excited about this because last season was a complete write-off. The, the injuries just kept piling up and piling up. But even still, they were fighting to be in the playoffs right till the very end in what is quite a, a tough division. They're, they're a well-coached team. They've got a lot of talent all over the place historically always a great defensive team and they've got they got a one of the most exciting quarterbacks in the game albeit he hasn't quite hit the heights of 2019 for for a little while yet um i just have a feeling it's going to come into place i i, I think they there's some interesting things going on. The, the getting rid of their two, basically their veteran wide receivers in Brown and Watkins, is an interesting decision. I mean, one you could argue that means they're going to go completely run heavy. That that basically is just going to be David Andrews is the only option on the passing game, so he's going to run a lot. I think maybe it's a, it's a it's time to step up Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay moment. I think they're saying, look, we've got these two young guys. They haven't quite shown all they can be yet. Um, it's time for them to take some of the load, and we're now going to put them in a position where they have to be, the wide receiver one and wide receiver two, uh, and maybe make things work um, that way. Uh, because the problem with the Ravens, at least for the last few years, has been a little bit of predictability on the offensive side. The teams kind of had them figured out a little bit. They knew what to stop, and they knew what to work on. And so, the more they can give themselves options offensively, the more dangerous Jackson becomes. Because it, it becomes a, a trade-off of: do you just focus on stopping Lamar completely, or do you have to worry about the other things that might happen? Now, the the kind of the, the run game coming back to full health, people like J.K. Dobbins and such like being back in is going to be quite useful in, in terms um, of that. Um, so so I think it's very interesting offensively, he's not quite sure how it's gonna work out. Are they gonna go completely run or are they gonna try some new uh, passing options? I think there's a lot of excitement there. I, I can definitely see the coaches having a lot of exciting offseason trying to figure out how that's gonna work. On the defensive end, uh, the interesting additions on the safety level. I mean, Kyle Hamilton, I, I met in the draft, I was talking about him being one of the most exciting uh, options defensively in the draft. The Ravens is just it, it's you know one of those drafts that draft picks we go yeah that makes perfect sense. Uh, in retrospect, that is absolutely where a guy like Hamilton deserves to be. A guy with that kind of flexibility, that kind of ability to be the next generation. Put him in, a, put him in a place where he's going to get good coaches. He's in a good system, a good organization is going to take care of him and make sure it all kind of works out. I'm, I'm quite excited in terms of how they might work out. They might try and innovate. They might not. It's interesting to see what's going on. So you've got a, a team with. with potential on both sides of the ball and are really good coaches Uh, and they're they're going to be hungry and angry after last season being such a write-off and there were some games where they were literally they just did not have the personnel to win the game despite the fact that they were contending in games right to the end I remember a game against the Steelers and against the Browns where they were like it was like you just should not be in this game anymore and yet you are and that's that credit to their coaching so get them all back healthy get some new exciting things happening on both sides of the ball and I think the Ravens will go very far. I think they'll be a very good team and they could they could easily get up to two or three seed if they, if they get on a good run.
2: Yeah, I hope it's Devin Duvernay season because it's very hard to say that without a kind of Gambit style Cajun accent, I find. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, Duvernay. It, yeah. Duvernay. Uh, but like, yeah, like... Stupid eight feels, like based on what we've seen, more like a wide receiver 3-4. Someone who shows up with that big explosive play. Not a guy you're relying on to be your second. Well, really, he's your third option. Because obviously, uh, Mark Andrews is is doing is basically the wide receiver one for them, even though he's playing a tight end. Rashad Bateman is an interesting wide receiver. He's more of a possession receiver. And we saw that Lamar Jackson can do the 3-beat ball. There was a lot of Marquise Brown drops um, last year that he would love to have taken back. But Rashad Bateman's a kind of different one. And he looked solid in a rookie campaign where... He wasn't amazing, but like he, because Jamar Chase, he wasn't Jamar Chase, but he wasn't uh, bad by any stretch. But this definitely feels like a team that's going back to its roots, and it's like it almost feels like a little bit of chicken, right? Like Lamar Jackson's like, I'm not going to sign a long term contract. And they're like, Well, if you're not going to sign a long term contract, then we're going to use you where you're best, which is just run you into the ground and treat you like a running back. Situation.
1: <laughs> see, I don't see, I look at this, they're not, he's not signing a long term contract, like, fine, fuck you, no wide receivers. Like, I,
2: yeah, but I, I mean more like like, he's, like Obviously, like Lamar Jackson If you tell him to run He's going to run Because he, he's really, really good at it I don't think he's an issue with that But it does feel like a team And a quarterback Where it's like Lamar Jackson feels like a quarterback Who could definitely do With a guaranteed contract long term Given the way he plays the game And this team is like If you're not going to do that Then we're just going to so no wide receivers for you and we're just going to run the the rushing thing even like back to like two or three years ago basically when you were uh coming into second year and being mvp and you know they get jk dobbins back to get gus edwards back they signed mike davis i uh, said so they got the the stable of running backs back uh to kind of just get that going again and the, like the offensive line it's interesting like tyler linderbaum um was definitely more who, who they ended up getting out of the um the trade from Marquise Brown. He was more kind of pegged in as a um, a zone blocking center, a smaller technical center, which isn't necessarily what they've done. They've had a lot of, like they've been very diverse, but definitely power concepts have been more important to them, um, or gap schemes more important to them. So I think they might be one of those teams alongside the Patriots when they drafted Chase, like a, a strange last uh, we talked about last time. Might be integrating more of those Shanahan type uh, outside zone, inside zone type stuff uh, going forward. But I think the defense very interesting like you you sign Marcus Williams a high price free agent you already have Chuck Clark and then you bring in Kyle Str- uh, Kyle Hamilton sorry, to be another safety. Uh, or, like He could end up being like a linebacker, effectively. But these kind of three safety looks expect to see a lot of that um, from the Ravens. And it's interesting because like they brought back Mike McDonald, who used to be a defensive assistant team, and they got rid of uh, Wick Martindale, obviously a well-respected defensive coordinator in the league. Um, so it'd be interesting to see whether him and Harbaugh, like Harbaugh obviously said he obviously wanted this guy back and was willing to be aggressive to do it, whether these guys have been cooking something up in the offseason and like Harbaugh is a coach that I respect greatly. I think he's one of like a top five uh, coach in the league. And so, if there's anyone who could take all of this uh, defensive talent and maybe tear a little bit over the fact that the defensive line's getting a little bit older and the, the outside linebackers and the pass rush isn't amazing, but create something that works anyway. Harbaugh is definitely a coach I could trust to do that but, but yeah. yeah the whole Lamar let's run the ball ignore wide receivers type thing yeah there, there might be some psychological bullshit going on between these two people right I, uh,
1: I'm, I'm I'm, excited for this defence I am not excited for this offence in the slightest at the moment um, I still think that they're too talented to not you know do well I have them uh, winning 11 games I think you've got them 12 fits and Sean's got them at 13 uh, yeah, I've got I've got them I've got them in the fifth seed and you guys have them winning the division so yeah
2: look Lamar yeah it's just one of those players that is so unique that it's you know it, like because there's no other quarterback like him that it's very hard to build defenses to stop because you have to stop all the other more common offenses and so I think a lot of us are going like with, a, with an effective run game and Lamar Jackson it's just nearly impossible to start with that and then the like passing becomes not trivial but a lot easier when you have that threat in your back pocket and yeah the defense if it's if it lives up to our expectations then yeah i think the ravens they were you know they were they've always been effective and this feels like a team that you know everyone is motivated to show off to the maximum not not necessarily for the right right reasons morally speaking but they're all they're all they all want to win right now and they all want to show up and make their money
1: the, ra- the Ravens, for me, feel like a team that are going to do well. Like I said, I've got them in the fifth seed. I've just got this feeling that this is going to be the most Ravens that they've Ravened in the last couple of years. And it's just going to be they're going to do well and they're going to shit the bed against every, like, top-end team. That they're they're gonna be they're gonna be the, the 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 top of the bottom or the the bottom of the top group how you want to see it they'll be the dividing line but then they won't beat some of the larger teams uh, would be my fear uh, so I don't think I have them going particularly far once they get to the uh, once they get to the playoffs um, but hey look I, I, I still think they'll be they'll be all right and if it all comes together it could work but uh, they need at least one more wide receiver they can't be done for this offseason they have to be picking up some more pieces. Um, Yeah, finally, we'll move on to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Ronan, you're going to take these guys. uh, I'll run through some of the bits. So they've added Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. So they're fixed at quarterback. They are sorted uh, between them and... uh, And uh, is it Mason that they've got as well? Like, yeah, they're just... Yeah, Rudolph is still there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, what, 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 what a group to be feared I would say um, offensive line and of skill positions they've added James Daniel at guard Mason Cole at centre George Pickens wide receiver rookie uh, Miles Boykin Calvin Austin and Gunnar Orleski as well um, then on defence side cornerback Levi Wallace Miles Jack uh, DeMarvin Leal Jenny Avery and DeMonte Kazi are all in there uh, the next one is uh, who they've lost, but i say they've gained from not having Ben Roethlisberger anymore. Uh, Josh Dobbs is also gone. Um, they lost Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, Eric Ebrom, Ray Ray McLeod, uh, Trey Turner, Zach Banner, and BJ Finley from the offensive side and the defensive side. Stefan Tuitt, Joe Hayden, uh, Joe Schubert, and Taco Charlton are all gone. So this is a rebuild. Uh, it's a team that has, like you have said, I think in yesterday or last week's pod or whatever I think it was It's pretty consistently well coached defence uh, they had a liability at quarterback last year and still managed to uh, do surprisingly well um, bizarrely as bad as Ben Roethlisberger are at the moment I don't know if Mason Rudolph is actually an upgrade on the, like, the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger that was sitting there so like who's going to win this quarterback battle who's going to lead them and are they going to be good enough, Ronin?
2: So you're asking me to pick it, so I'm picking picket. Yeah, say that five times <laughs> fast. But, uh... Look, I think it's going to be Kenny Pickett. Like he, he's a hometown hero. He obviously played for the Pittsburgh uh, University, uh, and that means he's got a natural advantage in the Pittsburgh area. And I think we're all on record in this podcast saying that the Mitch Titties Renaissance is complete bullshit. And the guy who can't throw the half the field is probably not going to be a starting quarterback. I think even if it is Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, it's probably the same uh, addition compared to Ben Roethlisberger, which is where both those guys. Uh, are able to get outside the pocket and make plays both with their legs uh maybe not they're not like Lamar Jackson but they can make plays uh, with their legs and they can make plays on 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 and stuff like that on play action and stuff so that's obviously a huge difference in the kind of the, the the stone pony Ben Roethlisberger just standing there waiting to get hit uh or more accurately getting rid of the ball within like two seconds so he doesn't get hit um so that just adds another you know Basically, all of the modern offense that goes further than five yards back into your repertoire. And that should just be a huge advantage for guys like Matt Canada. And Matt Canada is interesting because he kind of was brought in a couple of years ago. QB coaching, but with Ben Rollsberg, he was kind of forced to play a kind of old school um, West Coast almost type of NFL scheme. But with these kind of younger guys who are more mobile and perhaps better at just not putting them into kind of like read the field for me, um, but maybe just like putting the positions, give them open reads with the sweeps and stuff like that that Canada is well known for, that these guys will probably fit that more, make them at least a more entertaining offense because that offense was very difficult to watch. And the offensive talent that they have is broadly good like they still have Najee Harris who can show who's who's shown he can be a bell cow back for them just like put him on every down good in pass game put in the run game just solid at everything you know Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are a good wide receiver one and two combo you know Clay, like Claypool obviously I think he could be really explosive and there's a chance he could have a real breakout year if the quarterback situation goes well um, and Deontay Johnson just a very solid uh, kind of thousand or so yards a season guy um, except for the occasional drops which are annoying like there's more competition now for the third spot when they lost Schuster and they lost James Washington so George Pickens the rookie will definitely have a chance uh, to step in there straight away but they've got other options there And like third wide receiver not a big deal especially when you have Pat Fryermood who look really solid as a rookie tight end and General trajectory with tight ends is that they look better in year two, so Fryberg's a guy I would definitely keep an eye on as a guy who takes a step up uh, from that. I think the offensive line, broadly, I would be satisfied with the moves. James Dying, I think, is a good, young, pro-bowl-level type guard who's definitely an improvement over what they had there previously. And Mason Cole, like he'll be competing with Kendrick Green, who started for them last year, and I think just having more competition is useful. I'd be a bit worried about having Dan Moore... Uh, before at the tackle position but they got away with it more or less last year uh, but obviously they'll be asked to do a lot more without Ben throwing away quickly uh, Rothsberger behind there so it's, I think you'll get a better feel for actually how good this offensive line is this year compared to last year in the past game because they'll be asked to do something a bit more challenging and than what they were asked to do last year on the defensive side you just got to trust that like Terrell Austin and Mike Tomlin know what they're doing I think the loss of Stefan Tuitt which we talked about in the last podcast the retirement is a huge deal like he he like Cam Hayward and him have just been kind of you know, been on that defensive line for so long and obviously they're unheralded unheralded because they play defensive end in a three four scheme and obviously the pass rushers get the, all the glory in that type of scheme. But they, they are really, really good at their jobs. Like Hayward's probably was a stud over um To it, but To it has been a you know if not Pro Bowl, certainly, you know, near that level of, of being like within that scheme, doing the job. I think they're getting back um Alu- Are they're getting back um Alawalu? Um, at tackle, yes, I'm not alone. A... <laughs> <laughs> uh, at at nose tackle, which should be an upgrade, um, and they'll probably get guys like a Loudermilk and Chris Wormley and the rookie, the Armand Leal, and give them a chance to take over. Uh, and obviously, just with this team, you just expect them to find someone. And if they don't, uh, and they'll keep rotating until they get a guy who they feel can fill that gap uh, for them. And then, obviously, T.J. Watt is still T.J. Watt, expecting to be good. Alex Highsmith has got better every year, so they got the pass rush tandem, though not very much depth behind them, to be honest. And then, Miles Jack just felt like a classic, like, Pittsburgh move. A guy who has never really been bad for Jacksonville, but just they felt that they were moving beyond him for whatever reason. Don't be surprised if he comes back and outplays, like, Terrell Edmonds or, or or Devin Bush, the guys who have been highly drafted by the Steelers and have been a little bit disappointing. He feels like a guy who could definitely have a point to prove and will be able to do it on this team. And then the backfield, like, Cam Sutton and Keller Wood I'm not particularly excited about that, but, yeah. I, I Like, on defence, I just trust Pittsburgh can get it done. And um, so, really, it does come down to, like, the upside of this team. If they if they have a guy, Kenny Pickett, who's a genuine franchise-level quarterback, it, it, maybe not Justin Herbert in first year, but, like, someone who is... Year one, I can show that off. Then you know the Pittsburgh team. Everything else is going to run um, well. It's going to run uh, uh, like run uh, like clockwork. Um, so they should be a playoff relevant team uh, by the end of the year. But obviously, if they're only average, I still expect them to be you know punching around and making trouble for teams because you know they were able to do with the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger. They have a scheme and and, and talent around uh, the quarterback that they can kind of take the pressure off and run Najee Harris a bit more. Um, so this is a team that. I don't think this will be the year where you see them explode again, but this is definitely a year you could see them going, if Kenny Pickett looks good, or even Mitchell Trisky, I suppose, then this is a team you're going, okay, a year from now we're going to be going, okay, this is a team we need to look out for going forward as potentially an AFC contender once again. But this year, it's about seeing, getting that little bit of uh, that sniff of whether that's what their future holds or whether they're kind of stuck in the, the Dalton zone with a Kenny Pickett-type quarterback.
0: Yeah. I've got... Yeah, I uh, mean- Oh, we'll go ahead. Yes. No, it's it's just for me, it's always the Steelers will always win more games than you think they will. That they, even last year when they had non-existent offense, they were still competitive in games and winning games. They're, they're great coaching. I mean, the, the Tomlin never having a losing season streak continues, despite the fact it really looked last season that that wouldn't happen. Um, they've got a great defense. I mean, you know, T.J. Watt is it, the, the standout there. Um, I really like the addition of Miles Jack. I, I think he's going to be a good fit in there. Making Fitzpatrick. I mean, the, the names are. There's some great names. Some great, great explosive plays. Their big problem last season, as we said, was the fact that their offense just stopped functioning beyond a certain part of the field. That he couldn't throw more than six yards down the field. Presumably, uh, at least one of these quarterbacks will be better than that and that opens up a lot of things out of the Steelers I mean it's again it's it's kind of like the Ravens thing they're, they're because the coaching is so good they're always going to fight punch above their weight they're always going to be competitive um, and I can see them sque- I can see them squeaking out a lot of wins here um just because just because of who they are and, and what the the philosophy and the identity of that team is they know who they are they know how to get wins and they're not a team that, that takes losing very well so I, I can see them doing better than it might look like they will on paper.
1: Yeah, it's, again, this kind of old-school AFC North kind of, like, defense first, beat them up kind of thing, and the offense will find its way around it. I'm liking what they're doing there. There's so there's so much that's just unknown on this offense. Uh, they're doing a good job of, like, you know, bringing in bringing in improvements to that line, hopefully. I, 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 I think it is just a, a matter of how... Like do, do we think Kenny Pickett can do enough to, to, to seal a job? What like what, what, what does claiming that job look like? Like what is successful enough for it? I I, I somewhat disagree with you, Ronan, on the, the the wide receiver group of I suppose it's hard it's hard to tell following the atrocious quarterback play they had last time round, but like I'm not sure that Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are actually that good as a combination. Um because I'm not sure if they have a a wide enough variety of of, of 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 things to be doing like there I don't I don't know if George Pickens is going to come in as a rookie and step it up and, and and surprise us there like I'm 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 just I'm just not sure really at all like Najee Harris was grand but he was getting volume last year is he actually that good a back like I'm I'm going out in a limb and. Because I've been buried by this beforehand uh, it is softened I'm going to have them have their first losing season uh but they're still gonna win seven games somehow because I went back and I just had a look at their their schedule and I cannot remember how I managed to get seven games um honestly because yeah, I, yeah. I I just don't trust this offense at all but I do think the defense is very nice
2: there are like I do remember going through each each week and finding what team like when they would win or not and I gave them probably a lot of like Pittsburgh respect wins particularly within the division where I'm just like it's Mm. Pittsburgh they're going to beat this team at least once just because they're Pittsburgh and that's just how they do things like I think you know similar to New England last week it's just sometimes there's a team and a coaching involved and and compared to Bill Belichick where he's kind of doing it all alone now I don't think that's the situation for um, Mike Tomlin obviously he brought Brian Flores to add into the defensive coaching staff as well it just feels like a more it just feels like a more stable well-run organization from the owner down to the to the lowest levels of the practice squad, just work. It all just works, similar to the Ravens.
0: There's definitely, there's definitely a lot of wins here. They're, they're going to get one, at least one win off the Browns. They're going to get one win off the Bengals because they always do. Um, they're going to beat They're probably going to beat the Jets. Gonna probably gonna be the Jets and the Dolphins. They're probably gonna beat the the Saints, the Falcons. I mean, the the you know they they're paired with the AFC East and the NFC South. Um, I mean, AFC East is fine, but you know, no you know, one a, a strong a strong each division, but but not you know a world beater. And the NFC South has a lot of bad teams in it. So, I mean, I just think they're going to yeah, they're just gonna it's like you said, Fitz. They're just gonna have steeper wins. They're gonna grind games out that you don't think they're gonna win and they're gonna win them by like last minute field goals or whatever because they're the Steelers and that's what they do and um, so I have them getting to 10 wins which I mean yeah uh, maybe a bit over ambitious but um, I certainly think they're gonna win more games than you think
1: yeah it's very I, hard I, to I, uh, like I said as, as much as I can have a strong opinion against them it's very hard like the, the statistics do not bear it out um, but no it's a, it should it should be a very competitive um division now uh,
2: no this division is stacked but if if Deshaun if, if Watson play only gets suspended for six games as you're predicting Connor um, that this is a division that is just ridiculously stacked from top to bottom uh, unless like both Mitch Titties and Kenny Pickett turn out to be like really really bad like it's just yeah it's it's gonna be tough like there is one division that perhaps is a little bit stronger that we might talk about in a couple of weeks but yeah compared to, except for that division this is this is the creme de la creme uh, really
1: yeah, no very exciting um so only crack with yourselves and lads for the for the weekend our next our, 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 our next one's gonna be moving on to the FC south and then on to the west but um yeah any any plans for the weekend I think I'll be seeing yourself Sean
0: yeah gonna be coming up to Dublin for the the weekend to do some RPG action and yeah very uh, exciting out people see um, if we can ever
1: if we can finally finally figure out what's going on in the storyline that we've kind of mumbled our way around <laughs> it's in two for... years
0: two years of yeah It's
1: been, uh <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, very, very exciting. Uh, I've also, yes. I've, I'm have i double-dipping this weekend, so I'm doing that RPG one with yourself and the guys. I'm also uh, running a Dungeons & Dragons session on Saturday with another group of them, so uh, that should be good fun. Um, very, very exciting. What about yourself, Ronan? Uh,
2: June is usually like Cavern month, uh, because lots of sad things happen in Cavern uh, in June. Uh, but uh, besides that, I, I, I actually... Check, I actually was like cleaning up and I found like my ticket for the uh, the Green Day gig that's like apparently being rescheduled to like a Monday later this month. So I might be in Dublin for that at some point later this month. But, I'll
1: uh, give you a shout so you can come down and save yourself. Um, uh, yeah, I, actually I was looking at that as well because it's like it's Green Day, Weezer and someone, isn't it? Fallout Boy I think Fallout Boy that's the one yeah because I think because My Chemical Romance were on just the week gone um, yeah that was a big one
2: like basically you're having this weird thing because of COVID obviously where everyone's oh but we have to run these because we don't want to give refunds and it's like okay how about Thursday on July, like Thursday 12th of July or whatever like that just random kind of middle of the week days just like it's interesting but like if you're interested in those bands they're probably pretty good deals going around because obviously they probably are
1: well that's the thing uh, I was kind of looking at kind of going funds back it, in the day. particularly if you're heading down to I might see if I can get a ticket on the secondary market for it because uh yeah, that'll be quite handy. And obviously, we've got we've got the date. This is one for anyone who's uh, who's listening who's interested. The the uh, dates for the international series game sales have gone on. Uh, we're mo- mostly paying attention to the German one because that's when we plan to go to. So that's going on sale on the twentieth of July. Uh, so go and get your tickets on the twentieth. <laughs> <I'm,
2: I'm... laughs> What's going on here? I'm not.
1: <laughs> it's the it's it's the nineteenth. I just didn't want more competition. But yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wait a second but yeah, no, that's no, a well. while ago anyway we have a few more previews to get to then but we'll we'll probably talk about that again but like yeah I think we're all excited if we can get those tickets for Germany then uh, yeah
1: and if not sure look we'll have we'll have a good crack weekend over there anyway um but yeah no that should be that should be good stuff um yeah sure look we'll wrap it up there uh, as I said AFC South is the next one followed by the West and then we're moving on to the NFC so uh, for now it's bye from myself bye from Ronan bye bye from Sean bye it's been all four quarters thanks for listening and we'll chat to you next week